We're continuing this Advent series called I Am Knowing Him Changes Us. I Am is a statement that Jesus says over and over throughout the Gospel of John. He says things like, I am the light of the world, which we looked at last week. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. And today, what we're going to look at is when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Today, as we look at this scripture, we're going to see that Jesus, the bread of life, satisfies our spiritual hunger. We are spiritually hungry people. We're spiritually hungry people. And the things of this world, we find that they do not satisfy our spiritual hunger. We often pursue things like they did in the video, if I'm successful, if I'm with somebody, if I get this to happen in my life, we think that that will bring spiritual satisfaction. And yet we find that it leaves us often feeling more empty. The things of this world are a little bit like a sugar buzz. Tim Keller talks about how we can fill our lives with things and it sort of numbs out the spiritual longing, but at that, when that sugar buzz comes off, we're still hungry. We're still hungry. When we pursue things and we obtain them, they don't fulfill us. They leave us still with spiritual longing. And often the sugar masks the true hunger. Often the things of this world mask the deeper spiritual longings that you and I have in our hearts. After Super Bowl 45, Aaron Rodgers, the star quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, got on the team bus. The Packers had just won the Super Bowl. Packers had just won the Super Bowl, and they, he gets on the team bus, and he sits down, and all everyone's celebrating and cheering and just excited, and the Vince Lombardi trophy gets brought on by one of his teammates, and he sees the trophy, and as the trophy's coming on, everyone touches it, and it brought about a moment of reflection for Aaron Rodgers. As the quarterback who had led his team to victory, he had three touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards passing. He was at the top of the world. But as Mina Kimes writes in an ESPN article, he reflected on the sacrifices and the slights. He wondered whether it was all worth it, and then he felt something unexpected. On top of the world, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, felt something unexpected. It wasn't regret, but it wasn't fulfillment, but a different sensation, like a space had opened up inside of him. He thought about it, everything, and, and a jarring realization sprang into his mind. I hope I don't do just this. I hope I don't just do this. A realization that absolute success on the field didn't make him feel completely content. The pinnacle of his career, every other quarterback in the world would trade places with him, but it wasn't enough. It didn't bring spiritual satisfaction. Success, but not satisfied, even when he got exactly what he wanted, when he got exactly what he thought would make him happy. Do you ever get exactly what you think will make you happy and it just, it just isn't it? It just isn't it. The things of this world do not satisfy the spiritual hunger that we have. Jesus is just 
been, uh, just, just performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. You maybe have, you've heard the story where these people are following Jesus around and it says that there's 5,000 men, which means that there's probably a lot more people than just 5,000. And, and there, no one has any food and everyone's hungry. And a little boy has just some bread and some fish and Jesus multiplies it to feed the crowd, this miraculous sign. But the sign was never about just the stuff. It was never about the material food, although Jesus cared about feeding people. The sign was meant to point people to a deeper reality. The sign of the miracle was meant to show people who Jesus was. It wasn't just about what he did, it was about who he was. But the people didn't get it. All they saw was the thing that he did. And so they follow him and they find him a day later. And in verse 25 and 26, they come to him and they say, Rabbi, when did you get there? But Jesus tells them, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Jesus had met a very real need and even physical longing, a felt need that they had. They were hungry. Their two options were sand and ocean water. And Jesus provides food for them. And so they follow him and say, we want something in our bellies. And Jesus says, there's more than that. There's much more than that. There's much more than to your spiritual hunger. They are approaching him still from the angle of what he could do for them rather than who he was. What Jesus is trying to get people to see is that even fixing felt needs will not satisfy their spiritual hunger. There might be something that you desperately need, but there's always something deeper that you need. And oftentimes we approach Jesus with this consumeristic mindset. Jesus, here's what I need from you. But Jesus always wants to go deeper than that. We approach Jesus going, what can you do for me? Meet my needs. And what Jesus is trying to get the crowds to see is look, the sign was meant to make you understand who I am, not just what I could do. Because if you understood who I am, you would understand that I am the son of God, the Messiah. And then you wouldn't be asking questions about getting your belly full, but your heart full. You would look at me and respond with faith, but they don't see it. It's a good thing for us because the purpose of Jesus meeting your needs is usually not that your needs are met. It's to show you who he is, that you might respond to him, not with what more can you do for me, but who are you? And how can I respond to you with faith? The purpose of Jesus showing you stuff or giving you stuff isn't usually about the stuff, but the giver of the stuff and who that giver is, Jesus, the Messiah. Oftentimes people have this consumer approach to Jesus. They have these spiritual longings and they don't even realize it and they might use Jesus, although he won't let you use him. They try to use Jesus to get their needs met without ever going deeper to that place of deep spiritual longing. But oftentimes people approach the church that way too. They approach Jesus as a consumer. They can approach the church as a consumer asking, what can you do for me? Meet my needs. I'm here because I want you to do something for me. I'm here for the, the buffet, right? What can I take? 
And as New City Fellowship, we can't really shape our church to meet the needs of people who come as consumers because consumers are never full, right? You're never full. You keep consuming and consuming. Eugene Peterson says this, that the biggest enemy of the church is the development and proliferation of programs to meet people's needs. Everyone has a hunger for God, but our tastes, our needs are screwed up. We've been raised on junk food, so what we ask for is often wrong or twisted. Now, programs are not bad, but consumerism is in the church. And as New City Fellowship, we're committed to take care of each other's real needs. If anyone is without a shelter over their head, if anyone doesn't have clothes on their body or foods to eat, we're obligated to take care of each other. But there's something deeper that we want people to see. It's not just about New City Fellowship and the programs we offer. We want people to perceive who Jesus is. There's a difference between seeing Jesus and perceiving Jesus. The first time I saw my wife, I saw her, but I also perceived her. I said, who is that? And I started making plans in my head. Now she saw me, but she did not perceive me at all. It was a long road. As a church, our ultimate goal here is to get people to see who Jesus is, but also perceive him in their heart. Because that is the only thing that is going to meet their deep spiritual longing. And people often get on this roller coaster of consumerism, even when they come to church, because they think that will fulfill them. But the only thing that can fulfill them is Jesus Christ. If we want our spiritual longings to be satisfied, it does require that we change something. We change our approach. We have to change our approach in where you take your appetite. Each of you has a spiritual longing and hunger in your hearts, and we often take that spiritual hunger to things that will not satisfy us. Look at what Jesus says in verse 27. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because the Father, God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. People were looking for something temporal, something material, and Jesus says, that's not it. You have to change where you take your spiritual appetite. Nothing physical, nothing in this world can satisfy you. In South Florida, it is an amazing place to live, and people are so busy with their pursuits, you know? They're crushing goals, they're advancing their careers, they're hanging out with friends, they're making that money, but all of that will perish. That will not satisfy anybody. It's just a candy buzz that, that covers up our deeper spiritual hunger and our, our deeper spiritual need. We can't bring our appetite to those things because it will not satisfy. We have to change where we take our spiritual appetites, but we also have to change how we acquire food. We have to change how we acquire spiritual food. The people in this verse, they say, how do we work for these things? We, we want what you have. How do we work for it? And what does Jesus say? The Son of Man will give you. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's by grace and the favor of God that's unmerited that it is given to you. Now, why does Jesus give freely? Well, because he is God. 
He's the son of man. He will give it and he can give and he's approved to give it because God has set his blessing on Jesus Christ. When Christ was baptized by John the Baptist, the heavens opened up and a voice came down saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is approved by God to give us the spiritual food that we need that's actually going to meet the deep longings in our heart. We have to change how we acquire food because it's not something that we earn. It's not something that we pursue after and finally we break through to this level and it's given to us. It's given to us because Jesus wants it to be given to us. And so the way to approach the spiritual food that Jesus has to offer is simply to open your hands, to open your hands. Look what happens in verse 28 and 29. This sounds pretty good. They say, what can we do to perform the works of God? All right, we're in. But they don't get it because Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. We'll make the change. Give us the 10 steps. We're reading blogs about uh, improving our life. Tell us how to do it. No, 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 there's just one thing that changes everything. It's to believe in the one that the Father has sent. Not many things, but one thing, faith. Now, is that don't stop believing? Just keep the faith. You know, the word faith is so often used in our culture. Just keep believing, have a positive attitude. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. Believe in the one that God has sent. Spiritual hunger is satisfied when you begin to direct your faith towards Jesus Christ. There's nothing else in this world that can satisfy your spiritual hunger. Only Jesus can. Well, why should I believe in Jesus? Prove it to me. That's exactly what the crowds say in verse 30 and 31. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe you, they asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Manna was this provision of God while the children of Israel wandered through the desert. And every morning they woke up and bread had fallen on the floor for them to eat. Just enough for that day. And then the next day it was there as well. And, and, and they're saying, Jesus, if you are this one who the Father has sent, give us a sign. Show us something. Because Moses showed us something in the desert. Now, they completely forget that just a day earlier, he had multiplied the bread and the fishes. He already done give them a sign. He already showed them, but they're approaching him again with that spiritual consumer mentality. Show us. And in verse 32 and 33, Jesus says this, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Moses gave you some bread, but it wasn't the bread. Moses gave you something that kept you full for just a day. But there's another one who can keep you spiritually full for all of eternity. 
And that person is the bread of life, the one who comes down from heaven and gives life, the one who brings the light of God into a dark world, the one who brings the life of heaven into a dead world, the one who brings healing from heaven into a broken and sin-sick world, the one who brings the refreshment of God to a spiritually parched world, the bread of life. They're excited. And they say to Jesus, that sounds good. We want this bread. We want the bread that you're talking about. We want the bread from God that brings life to the world. And Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. First in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. The bread is me. A relationship with me will sustain you. Knowing me will satisfy your spiritual hunger. Believing in me will bring life into your spiritually impoverished heart. I am the bread of life. I will satisfy your spiritual hunger. As broken people living in a broken world who are spiritually hungry and spiritually impoverished, this changes everything. First, the search, it's over. The search is over. We spend our lives looking for something to fill us and what Jesus is saying is stop looking, look to me. I am the one who can bring spiritual fulfillment to your hungry heart. I am the bread. I'm not gonna show you a place to go. I am the place. I am the person. I am the bread. Come and have relationship with me. He doesn't just show us where to get bread. He is the bread. And that's why Jesus is different than any other spiritual teacher because all the spiritual gurus and religious leaders show you the path to take. And Jesus says, I am the path. I don't show you where to get bread. I am the bread. Come feast on me. Come have relationship with me. I'm not here to show you some religious path to take. I'm a person that is going to give you all of myself that you might find spiritual satisfaction in this life. Jesus is the place. He is the bread. But all this he offers because he is God. He is God in the flesh, he satisfies the hunger that we have. That deep hunger comes from not knowing God. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we have been longing for relationship with God. We've been hungry to be fulfilled because our first parents sinned and were separated from God. And ever since then, we have had a God-shaped hunger in our hearts. Our relationship with God is broken. He is the righteous judge and we are separated from him and we risk eternal separation from him until Jesus comes down from heaven as the bread of life. Jesus, God the Son came and he lived a perfect life and he was put on the cross in order that you and I would, might be free. He was punished in our place so that you and I might be reconciled to God. Jesus was put in the tomb, and on the third day, he was raised from death to life. And therefore, everything that he ever said about himself is true. He is God. 
Jesus Christ is God. And therefore, when he says, I am the bread of life, I can satisfy your spiritual hunger. It is God saying to us, let me come in. Turn away from your sin, turn away from your brokenness and turn to me. I can offer life. Jesus satisfies our spiritual hunger as the bread of life because he is God. And therefore, bring your hunger to the bread of life and feast. Bring your hunger to the bread of life and feast. We spend so much of our time hiding our spiritual hunger. We spend so much of our time excusing away our spiritual hunger. Don't hide your spiritual hunger. Jesus can handle it. Jesus can handle your spiritual hunger. He meets us exactly where we are. Our needy, spiritually impoverished selves, he meets us there. He doesn't require that we become something different before he'll meet us. He meets us in our spiritual poverty and fills us with exactly who he is. Linda read this earlier. Isaiah 55 says, Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the water and you without silver. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without silver and without cost. Why do you spend silver on what is not food and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choicest of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. Jesus can handle our hunger and he freely gives himself to us that we might be satisfied in relationship with him. Oftentimes, though, it's actually hard for us to admit how spiritually needy and impoverished we are. I talk to people all the time, and as I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them tell their life story, it's often, they're often much worse off than they are willing to admit, and I'm often much worse off than I'm willing to admit. And that scares us, and when we begin to acknowledge our spiritual poverty, it freaks us out. But Jesus can handle it. Jesus isn't scared by our spiritual poverty because your spiritual poverty is actually longing for him and he is the one that can fill the void. Look what it says in verse 36. But as I've told you, you've seen me and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will never cast out. Part of the process of God drawing you to Jesus is actually to show you how spiritually impoverished and spiritually hungry you are. And so if you begin to see your great need, that's actually God working in your heart, drawing you to come to the end of yourself, that you might go, I need something to eat. I need something to fill this broken heart. I need something to meet me in my spiritual poverty so that you might not just see Jesus, but perceive him. That you might perceive him as the one who can meet you in your poverty. So don't be terrified when you see how broken, when you see how hungry, when you see that deep longing that nothing else can satisfy, because that's God actually showing you that there isn't anything in this world that can meet you in that hunger. 
but Jesus, the bread of life. Don't ignore your spiritual hunger. Bring your hunger to Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we were in Arts Park on, on Monday night and we were feeding our friends um, who live there. And Linda and I got into a conversation with two guys and uh, one guy was talking a little bit about his struggle with addiction. And we just listened to his story and um, he was I think, doing well and fighting against that addiction, but he had kind of shared openly with me about who he was. And then I think Linda said, you know, Pastor John's a pastor. And he looked at me and he said, well, are you an addict? And um, you know how you always say something and then later you're like, I wish I had said it this way. Well, what I said to him was no. And I didn't really have anything else. But what I wish I had said is no, but I'm a spiritual beggar. I am spiritually impoverished. I am spiritually hungry. I'm probably worse off than you are, but I know where to find bread. But I know who to go to that can meet my and your and everyone else's spiritual hunger. Uh, he's not afraid of our poverty. He's not afraid of the darkness in our hearts. He's not afraid of how hungry we are because he's Jesus, the bread of life, the one who brings life to a broken world. Friends, don't be afraid of your hunger. Come hungry to Jesus. He can satisfy your needs. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming into this world, such a dark and broken place, and yet you are the light of life. You are the bread of life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray that today you would help us to see our hunger and feast on you. And all God's people said, amen. As the worship team comes up and Philip comes up to lead us in communion, I'm just gonna invite us now to make a circle around the outside of the chairs and we'll feast on Christ together.